Welcome to the Easy Scaling Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shonda King, and together we'll be exploring how successful entrepreneurs are actually scaling to six figures and beyond. My goal is to bring you conversations that are honest and transparent and to share the real, raw, nitty gritty details about what works and what doesn't. Hey, hey, welcome to our mini series all about parting ways with clients, aka firing clients, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's all the same. Things happen. Things happen with clients. And so we want to talk about that in this series. We want to talk about what happens when you need to fire a client. What are some situations that you might be in where it's a good idea to part ways with a client? What are some red flags to look out for before you even bring a client on? that could potentially say that this is not a good idea and other things that just make this process easier, what to do after it's happened, and then again, how to avoid it. So I really hope you enjoy this series and thank you to all of my guests for joining me and being so open and honest and transparent. Alrighty, in this episode, we are chatting with Shannon McKinstry. She is the founder of Boutique Social. And she's a social media strategist for business owners who want to make an impact and get big results through organic and proven social media strategies. She's also a mom, a target junkie like me, cheap wine connoisseur. I mean, this is the greatest bio ever. I love this. Okay. Shannon is fantastic. And we talk all things firing clients, especially from her perspective as a service provider and a social media manager. So we talk about red flags. We talk about the importance of communication. We talk about how she has come up with ways to make, really to navigate her people-pleasing tendencies to make this whole process of not taking on the wrong clients and then also firing the clients that aren't a good fit, how to make that whole thing easier for her. And I think that you'll get a ton of value from this. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome, welcome everyone and welcome Shannon to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat it up. (laughs) Yes, this is going to be fun. And I say that every time because it always is fun. And we're going to talk about firing clients, Mm -hmm. aka parting ways with clients, because there's lots of different scenarios and situations that people can get into for this to come up. So maybe we just dive right in and have you tell us about a situation where you had to fire a client. Sure. And because I've had to do this several times, I really love helping other people do too. Because yeah, you know, I'm a social media, well, I have a few arms of my business, but I've really only had to fire clients inside the social media management side of my business because I think a lot of people don't understand how it works. And this was, this all is why I now have very different procedures in place for gathering clients. But yeah, I had a client who I was really excited to work with because I love food, right? And they were a caterer. And I was like, this is going to be so much fun to come up with fun captions for them, fun ideas. This was before Reels even. So it was just captions at the time. And I was so excited and, you know, had them put together photos for me. I wrote all this content for them. I was also charging insanely low at the time. And when I say the emails I would get back about the content I would submit to them before scheduling were like longer than essays that we wrote in college. I mean, I'm telling you, and I would break out in like pure, like hives, stress, tears. I was like, I don't, first of all, I've got a baby at home. I'm trying to juggle this business. I'm trying to grow it. And they're questioning why this hashtag, why this time? Why'd you word it this way? I mean, everything. Why would you post at this time of day? Who cares about that at this time of day? Who? And I'm like, oh, dear goodness. So 
again, like there's a big difference between being a social media strategist and a social media manager. I consider myself both of them, but a lot of social media managers aren't part of the strategy, right? So I came, I came up with everything for them and I was so excited and I know it would have killed. And immediately within two weeks, I, I'd let him go because mm. I had dealt with so many other clients that I regret not firing sooner that ended up firing me. So this time I was like, no, we're done here. And it really came down to not communicating what I, probably what I do enough, but I also think some people are just micromanagers. And mm-hmm. no matter what you do, you might see the red flags, but I think as business owners, we just want to help everybody. And I'm like, oh, your Instagram's not good. You guys are great at what you do. I want to help so much. And it just, every red flag was there. I ignored it and it became a nightmare. And I just remember feeling so down because I felt like I was to blame. I was the reason it didn't succeed. And that was a big learning lesson for me back then. Mm, I love that. And I love that you mentioned red flags specifically Mm. because whenever the topic of firing a client comes up, I always go to red flags because there's Mm. always something that was like, sometimes I call them pink flags and and an accumulation of pink flags can become one big red flag to me. But I think this is an important thing to talk about. And I'd love to dig into what your specific red flags are even now that you look for, Mm. because it's not, at least what I find, it's not usually something that totally happens out of the blue. It's not like, oh my gosh, this person is like totally different than I thought they were. It's like, oh, that little thing actually turned into a big thing. And yeah. no, this is not going to work. So talk to me about that. And honestly, I think the biggest one, which I I hate saying it, but was, you know, asking for a discount. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And they did. And I was like, I really wanted to work with food because right, mainly I was only working with one niche at the time and I wanted to branch out. And yeah, they asked for a major discount because they were just starting out. I, you know, I want to help. I want to, you know, so I was like, okay, this will be great. But then the ones that always ask for the discount are always the ones that cause the most problems. And I don't, I hate saying that because there's definitely business owners who are just struggling and that I've definitely given discounts to or never even raised my prices on because I love them so much. But when right off the bat, I have to find myself trying to convince my worth, I shut down immediately now. I'm like, I I don't have time to convince you why you need social media. I don't have the time or energy to prove myself to you. So that would, I mean, that was honestly really the only red flag in the beginning because they seemed like they were going to be the best. They were like, they had caught, they had photos for days and, but yeah, they just got really micromanaging, really didn't trust me at all. Like, you know, what I always tell my clients now, it's even in my welcome packet now, I basically congratulate them for hiring me because I'm like, congratulations, you made a really good choice. Every single thing I do is to optimize your reach, your visibility. I know some of it might not make make sense to you. Here's a few things to know. And I just lay it out there. I'm like, I will help. Sometimes I'll use, I lay out how I choose the hashtags. I lay out all of that because I now know that's a great way to eliminate all that from the beginning now. But yeah, the biggest one was just asking for a discount. Yeah. And again, I wasn't making a lot of money as a small business owner either. So I felt for them. But nowadays, if someone asks for a discount, it's just a hard no. Unless I've worked with them in the past, I know their brands and it'll be easy. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about this is that I feel like when someone asks you for a discount, especially right off the bat, like Mm -hmm. they're coming, they're coming to you to provide a service and they see your prices and then they want a discount. It's less about the money. It's not like actually anything to do with the money. Yep. That is a demonstration of them not actually valuing what you do. You know, that's like that, that's that all exactly that that is. And so that's what's going to show up yep. in, in the relationship oh. is they're not actually going to value what you do. Gosh, that is a huge truth bomb right there. I love it. Yep. Yeah. So anything else, any other red flags that you look for specifically? 
So now I look for lots of, and actually what I've done now, so back in the day, I would, they would literally fill out, not even fill out a form, they would just book a discovery call. Now I have an intake form that they fill out and they can't book the call until I approve it. So I look through the intake form and lots of red flags, especially for social media managers, is if we're like, what's your goal? And they're like, a million followers in a month, or I need to post three times a day. Now that's fine if some people want to do that, but that's not my packages. I have very, I have the packages I have in place because they're sustainable for me. They're good for my clients, et cetera. So basically if they're looking for stuff outside of my capacity, if they are, you know, I just send them to someone else. And sometimes it's not even, maybe it's a red flag for me, but not a red flag for someone else. Right. Uh, And if they don't have assets ready to go, if they don't have content, if they don't know their core values, that's on my intake form, I believe, you know, what's your elevator pitch? Like if they don't have that, they don't know their elevator pitch. I'm like, that's in their questionnaire for sure too. Then I'm like, this isn't going to work because you haven't done the work to hire me yet. We got to start backwards and I have packages for that too. (laughs) But I think oftentimes people think social media managers, we can just pull things out of thin air. And I mean, we can because we're good at what we do, but it's not going to do as well if we don't have anything from them. Yeah. So I look for everything on the intake form now and I will not book, I will not send them the link to book a call until I've looked over it. If we're not a good fit, I have a canned email that goes out saying, you know what, I think you'd be a better fit over here. I have a huge referral network of social media managers that we just send it out to everyone. We go, who wants this? And they take it from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And gosh, okay. So there's there's so much good stuff in here that I want to pick apart. One mm-hmm. thing is just, I'm hearing a lot of like permission that you give yourself. And I see this a lot in conversations that I have with my clients, because even with your your process, your sales process, like you are actually taking, I don't know, how to, this maybe isn't the best way to describe this, but you're taking control of that process and you're giving yourself permission to be particular, which I yeah. think is super, super important because that is how you find clients that are truly aligned with what you actually do. And and you don't have to serve everyone. And and you've given your permit yourself permission to be like, well, I don't have to serve everyone. And so if they don't, if they don't align with how I need it to be for us to be effective, it's not that you're being mean or rude or harsh or anything if you're turning someone down and saying like this isn't a good fit. Um it's just that you know that that's in the best interest of you and them. Like it's really truly a kindness. And I, I just talked to a client recently about this because we're setting up a book a call funnel for her and and she's letting people book immediately because I think this is there's lots of different ways to do a book oh, yeah. book a call funnel which is you know y- your way is different than what I'm about to describe which is people book in they they immediately have access to book a call on the calendar but they have to fill out an application with that and then you screen you pre-screen them before you actually have the call and what what I told her that she was like oh really I can do that is I was like, if you read the application and you know for sure they're not a good fit for you, you can cancel that cancel call. Yep, you have 100%. permission to cancel that call. She was like, oh, really? I don't know. I was like, yes, 100%. And you should cancel the call because otherwise yes. it's a complete waste of your time to do it. And I've had people cancel calls on me. I've like booked oh, in. I've same. booked in and then filled out the thing and got an email that was like, hey, we you know, we we went ahead and canceled the call. This, this isn't going to be a great fit. And here's why. And it wasn't like mean. It was just like, we're actually not serving that type of business right now. You would be better off if you went and found blah, 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 or I can connect you with someone. And like, that's, it's not bad. It's not mean. No. It's just, it's, it's better for everyone, you know? It is. And plus, I know if I get on the call with them, I'll end up taking them on because I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So this is to make sure that I don't fall into it because I just can't help myself. So 
this has really been helpful. No, and I've had people cancel. I remember one time I actually signed up for a podcast one time, like way too, like it was like months later. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to sign up for that. And I did. And they wrote, wrote me back. They're like, actually, we don't need this subject right now, but in the future. And I was like, no offense taken. Like, yeah, totally get it. No problem. And it's not mean. It's saving your time. It's saving their time. And, you know, we're not all a good fit for everybody. Yeah. And I think that that type of that type of consistent action is like critically important for how you show up in like every area of your business. Because I've even heard people, I was just on a call earlier today and someone was talking about, oh, you know, I, I'm trying to fire this client and I just can't, they're, they're still here. I'm like, well, then you didn't actually fire them. Like you have to actually, like, it's not that it's, it's not easy to do these things, but you have to practice using that muscle of like actually doing the thing that you need to do, especially for people pleasers, like people like, and that is very, very common in this space. I and think, I get yes. it. I told someone, I was like, I think all of us entrepreneurs are people pleasers. That's why we're in it because we want to help everybody, but we can't. We just no, can't. We can't. And it ends up like totally backfiring and getting us in bad situations. Like even, you know, the client where you're giving them a discount and then you're bending over backwards and it's a terrible experience for you. I mean, right? imagine all of the energy and time and like excitement Ugh. you would have for your business if you didn't have that client. I know. I know. When I found myself in bed writing emails at one in the morning, I was just like, we're done here. (laughs) I can't sustain this. And it was also the guilt and the anxiety of having to say, we can't do this. And yeah, it was a really powerful moment, though. Once I let them go, it was like a weight off my shoulders. But I also want to say there's also been clients who in the past started office red flags and we were actually able to rail them in. And I think it's just because I got really bold and said, look, you hired us for a reason. And they, we reminded them because it was someone we really wanted to work. And they're like, you're right, you're right, you're right. And I was like, you've got to trust us. And it was a come to Jesus moment. And honestly, they're one of our favorite clients. They've been with us for two years now. Wow. And every time we've raised our prices, they haven't batted an eye. So, so, but like things like that, like disrespecting your, like your boundaries, if you have boundaries in place and they keep pushing them, but she always respected our boundaries as far as like only messaging in Slack, not doing this, but it was more about picking content apart and as a social media manager, that kind of hurts your heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we told her, we're like, look, you know, you really just got to trust us. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. That's not going to work. Trust us. And and now she's killing it. So there are times, but yeah, but once they cross that line again, that that's when it's, you've got to, no third, third time, you know, no three strikes. It's like two strikes for me. Yeah. I, I, I love this angle of of the fact that someone can potentially be a red flag client, mm-hmm. but you can actually make it work. I don't feel like a lot of people talk about that, but that all comes down to communication, right? Like like you said, it's, it's the boundaries. You have to know what your boundaries are and you have to be able to effectively communicate them. Too. 100%. Yes. So and, you know, it's, it's funny because I'm like, I remember being like, again, like, she's out of here. I'm just, <laughs> she's not listening. She might not know. She probably won't even know who it is. Because we have so many clients in our management side. But, you know, sometimes it's just, it's nerve wracking. I would never hand my social media off to anyone, ever. So for people to trust us with theirs is a really big responsibility. So like, I get it. I'm like, it's scary AF. I get it. But I'm like, you have to trust us. We're doing things for a reason, you know? And there's so much noise, so much false noise out there. So then they're like, well, I heard this, I heard that. I'm like, do you trust us? And that's always just what I say. I'm like, do you trust us? And I think that's good for really anyone in any, especially the service industry. It's like, you guys, you just got to trust us. You're hiring us for a reason. My husband's in real estate. Same thing. You know, he's like, do you trust me? Yeah. Hold my hand. (laughs) Like, Because ultimately that's what you're hiring someone for. If you're not going to, if you're, if you, 
and and this is funny because I'm kind of speaking from experience here in that I am, I'm sure, a nightmare client for people because I'm like you. I, I really can't trust people with a lot of no. my stuff. Like I am such a micromanager. I'm very particular. And I tell people that up front. Like I don't hide that. I, like when I get on calls with people to potentially hire them, I'm like, look, I, I'm I'm particular and I'm going to be very involved. I don't want to be, but I probably am going to be. Like I, I can't I can't help it. But what's what's interesting is that I've actually decided that sometimes it doesn't make sense to hire people to help you when you're mm-hmm. in that space. So like mm-hmm. I, I'm actually thinking of doing my own social media for a while just because I would rather be I would rather not be paying someone and be inconsistent, but be putting out content that I'm like, yeah. yep, that's exactly what I want to say and why I want to say it. And and maybe I'm in a slightly unique situation in that I I I'm in this space. Right. So like mm-hmm. I I quote unquote, know what I'm doing on social media, but there's a trade-off, right? Like if you're going to pay someone, you need to trust them and hand it over. And otherwise, like, why are you paying them? Right. And I love that you said that too. And hopefully social media managers don't get upset that I say this, but I have told so many people with personal brands, like we don't work with personal brands at all. And it's because I, I feel like if you are a personal brand, having a social media manager does you a disservice. It's just you, hard for people you, to do it. It's hard. Right. I'm like, you need to learn it. Or unless you're really bad at social media. But as far as your stories, like content, sure. But if you're a personal brand, we, it, it's, it needs to be your voice. Like everyone we work with is a team, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a team of realtors, a team of home builders. It's a team. So there's like an overall. It's a company persona. You're not trying it's, to sound like a specific person and pretend to be them. A thousand percent. And some of our realtors are solo agents, but like we know them. We know exactly, like, they'll laugh. They'll be like, I thought I wrote this. I'm like, good. But we, as realtors, it's a lot easier. It's re- like, it's just, I know, again, if I pass mine off and someone wrote a caption, I would tear it apart and yeah. change it to my voice because no one can write. I know, I know people will know. And even my email, someone was helping me with emails and I just went in and just made it me because it just so, again, if you're a personal brand who wants to do like speaking and things like that, I really do believe, or at least have someone help you, but like the content has to come from maybe blogs you've written in the past or repurpose the stuff you've already created. So it's you. Mm-hmm. I, lo- just... I love that you said this because I don't feel like a lot of people are saying that. <laughs> and it's very validating for me to hear because it's Good. exactly what I'm feeling. And that, and I won't say that there's no value in having people help you with content because no. even the people who were doing my social media, and I've had several people over the last like six or so months who've worked with me and they've all been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just like, if I have to touch it at all, I, it's hard for me to see the value, right? And, and mm-hmm. that's not to say anything about their content. But at the same time, I also find a lot of value in people like getting things started for me because of like, yeah. my personality and my human design and all of these things. And that when I, this is partly why it doesn't work, is when they write something for me and I read it, it sparks me with like lots of ideas. Mm. And so then I go and I'm like, oh, actually, what about I would this? love to go this direction with it. You know what I mean? Which And they're like, oh, my gosh. I know, which is like it's a it's a good and bad thing. But anyway, all of that to say that I'm a nightmare. So what what else can we talk about when it comes to firing clients? Do you have particular tips or strategy with the actual firing or parting ways part? Yeah, I think. And it's funny. I actually have an email template that I share with all the girls in my course because I'm like, like, I know they're the same as me. We're people pleasers through and through. We're terrified. We're like, oh, we're such jerks. I'm not a jerk. So I have an email template. And because I physically, I know if I had to do it on Zoom or a phone call, I'm not going to do it. 
But again, you come from a loving place. And this is what I always do. So, and this could work for a lot of people in different ways, in different industries. But what I typically say is I think you, almost like what I just said, it's a disservice. And I tell a lot of people who hire someone like you, right? I'm like, what I would suggest to you is either obviously join like a membership like I have or other people have where you get the templates and then you can just plug and play. So it sounds like you, or I say, hire someone in house. And that's always what I say. I go, honestly, I've absolutely, and you always tell them it's been a pleasure. This has been amazing. I've loved supporting you. And I'd be like, but I honestly think, and I obviously say that it's like doing a disservice. And I think you'd be best to hire someone in house. And that's, that's a way that I have found myself comfortable firing. Cause it's, Basically saying like, because most times we have to hire, it's someone who is in the mix too much. And I'm like, well, if someone's sitting in the same office as you, way easier to create social content with them. Also, a lot of people could never give us photos or videos. And I'm like, you want me to just use stock photos? Ew. So I mean, which are fine, but like there has to be a face in there every once in a while. Like I, no one knows what you look like. We got to show. And if they're not selling a product, I'm like, we got nothing. We just got a picture of a desk, which used to work. And again, no hate to stock, stock photos. Like Cam, I use so many graphics, tweets, but again, they're giving us nothing. So mm-hmm. I would have nothing to pull from. They don't even have blogs. They wouldn't have emails. They'd have nothing for us. And I'm like, what am I supposed to say? So that's where I would just say, I think it's best that you hire someone in house who's there to physically be there with you regularly. So that's how I kind of hand it off rather than being like, you are a nightmare. Because as much as you want to say that, you can't say that. So yeah, I usually just say, I think it's, you know, again, thanking them for the opportunity, start it off there and go at, after much consideration, I believe you'd be best off blank and say what they would be best off with. And I usually do end it with like, but if it's that bad of a nightmare, I'm like, no, you need someone in house. I'm not even referring you. <laughs> and they, they'll, they'll probably appreciate it. And that's why I told the caterer, I was like, you need someone physically with you guys because... I can't talk to you all day. That's great. I think it's, I think that really softens the blow too, because we talked yeah. about this in this series. We've talked about the fact that even, even if you're firing someone for the best reason possible and they are like super kind and sweet, but you still have to fire them, like it's still <laughs> hard not to take that personally. It you is. know, so the fact that you're like, you are softening it as much as you possibly can and you're giving them a best next step. And it's, again, it's in their best interest. And so yeah. I'm sure that makes it easier to swallow. And, the other thing that I noticed about a couple of things that you've said is you're almost like hacking your personality here a little bit. Like you have a template, uh-huh. you know that you're going to send it via email. You're not going to get on a call and talk to them about it. You know that, for instance, you're you're going to decline the call or not give them the <laughs> ability to even get on a call with you if yeah. you think that there's red flags and it's not a good fit. Like you, you know the situations that you shouldn't put yourself in to like make it more difficult for you to do the thing that you know mm-hmm. is best for you. So I think that that's really cool and something that people can think through and apply to their own approach to firing clients or to saying no to clients before they even become yeah. a client, that's mm-hmm. not a good fit, which is also just as important. Yep. But anything sure. else that you think you want to leave people with around parting ways? Yeah, I think there's this saying, I don't, I don't know who says it. It's not me, but something about hire slow, fire fast. Mm-hmm. And that's for like hiring people on your team. But I also think it's the same with clients. It's like onboard them slow. <laughs> fire fast. And again, that's not the same, but like I said, unless you think you can really salvage it part ways immediately because you are, they're taking up space with dream clients that will probably pay you more, honor your time and you'll love your job again. Like if, if a client is making you hate your job, they have to go. Like we did not start these businesses to be bogged down to feel like we started these to get away 
from, you know, the grind and the having to pick up the phone at all hours of the day and check email when we don't want to. Like we did this because we want freedom and flexibility. We want to work with people that we really love. And we're all entrepreneurs. We're all just trying our best and we're all really care deeply about what we do. So ask the right questions from the jump. So that way you don't have to have this tough conversations. But really, I think I onboard people pretty slowly. Like if someone's like, I want to work together tomorrow. I'm like, I would love that. (laughs) But we can't. It's too much. I got to get to know you. I got to make sure this is the right decision for me, my team. And then, yeah, if it's that bad, just do it immediately and just say, you know what? You can also even say, I'm taking my business actually in another direction for a few months. That's another way to back out and be like, I've actually hit a wall. I know social media managers who have done that. They're just like, actually, I don't even want to offer the service anymore. I'm like, then don't. Mm-hmm. Don't. Yeah. And maybe that client came into your life for a reason because you actually hate that service. So that's mm-hmm. a long tangent, but that's so what I would leave you with. So, so good. I love Yay. that. And, you know, I think that I think that people sometimes feel obligated to take on all of these clients. I know that I see people being like, well, I can't fire them because I don't have, like, I need more clients. I can't fire yeah. a client that I have, you know, yeah. but it is a massive energy drain. It's a massive mm-hmm. energy and time drain when you're having, when you're serving clients who are not a good fit for you. And, and on the permission piece too, like to take it all the way back to the beginning of the episode, you're, especially as a service provider, you don't need that many clients. You no. don't need that many you clients. And so you many. can be, you can be particular. You can be picky. You can say no. And you should be saying no, because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like you need to be able to serve every single person that comes across your business, you need to yeah. just find literally like the five to 10 people who are a good fit for your service. Yep. Like some people only have capacity for like five clients at high ticket services. And I will say most social media managers, I tell them like, well, you need to be charging over a thousand a month for sure. And cause you've got to, you're going to burn out after five. Oh yeah. You will. Yes. So it's too many people's businesses to keep straight oh in your mind. Gosh. At yeah. That level. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Too, too many like daily <laughs> tasks. It's like so much churn. Oh. Like the anyway. Yeah. Yep. Super interesting. Super, super interesting. And that's again, why your prices have to be aligned with what you're actually doing. But yep. well, this was super fun. Yay. I loved it. I loved this chat. Yes. Oh, this was great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know that people will get a ton of value from this. It was great. Good. No, thank you for having me, Jordan. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Easy Scaling Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I will send you my 90-day planning formula. This is the same process that I use with all of my multiple six-figure clients to help them get organized, be more efficient, and scale faster. 